It's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Ghost Goal Podcast. Um, you got Javier here with Alex. Uh, my first intro here, so you know we'll see how I do. We had Manchester United this weekend with a big comeback win against West Ham. Paul Pogba finally turned it on and uh, looked looked really good in the second half of that game. Chelsea with a also a comeback win against Leeds, you know, putting them in their place. As Alex likes to say, you know, they're going to be in a relegation scrap. Arsenal didn't get it done this week. Another week of none and another loss. Arsenal's worst start to the Premier League season continues. Goals from Son and Harry Kane as usual, putting down the Gunners this week. And Liverpool got an emphatic 4-0 win against Wolves. Uh, goals from Mohamed Salah, Georgina Wijnaldum, um, and Joel Matip leading the, the Reds to another win and close to the top of the table. Alex, how you doing this week? Pretty good. Uh, that, that was... Was the, I don't know how that, that was intro good, was. It was, was a decent right. first, uh, first intro. Congratulations. It's my first, my first attempt. My first attempt. I feel like a, I feel, I feel like a proud father watching his son walk, uh, ride a bike for the first time. <laughs> yeah, Taking it's, the I, mean, I, feel, I felt a little bit nervous. I wasn't sure how I, how I was doing there, but I think I, I think I could yeah, do it. It was okay. a good summary. Uh, I mean, yeah, okay. not only all of those week uh, results from last week, but we've got a decent slate of games coming up next week. Yeah, we got we the got Manchester Derby. We got some good games. Everton Chelsea should be pretty fun. What else have we got? We've even the uh, the the Friday game Leeds West Ham looks like it's going to be a fun one. Even um even the early Saturday morning game I might actually wake up for the Wolves Aston Villa game like if I'm not completely fucked. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's two derbies on uh, Saturday: the Manchester derby and the only Birmingham derby that we have in the Premier League at the moment. Uh, Wolves Aston Villa looks like the best. Almost all the good games are on Saturday this this weekend. So definitely, definitely watch a lot of footy this Saturday. And you know, it's uh, not be watching Arsenal. That's that's going to be what's going to be enjoyable because <laughs> do you, do you wanna... we play Burnley this weekend. We're, we're not going to start with Arsenal. It's right probably going to be a snoozer. I, I like, no, I no, like no, we we're have not. To start with Manchester United. Oh, maybe we could just get it out of the way. Yeah, sure. Let's start with United. I think. Because, I mean. Like I said in the in the intro, I mean they they looked really terrible in that first half. I thought West Ham should have scored probably three or four goals on them. Suchek getting that goal in the 38th minute was like, I mean I I thought I was like it's about damn time. But they had maybe three or four really good chances before that. Um, a couple that they skied. I think I think they hit the post. West Ham really really messed this game up. Like they should have easily walked out to like a three one win in this. And then, you know, we were talking about it at halftime. We were saying, like, this is Manchester United. They're going to come out in the second half. Ole's going to make a couple of changes. He did. He brought on um, Marcus Rashford and Bruno Fernandes. And then they dominated the entire second half. Like, it was the Paul Pogba show. Got a goal. You know, he was he was playing his through balls in. Well, Bruno Fernandes was the, just, uh, they, they, the deciding. Yeah, it was Bruno. Like, Bruno as well. But without, but it, but without him in the first half, how, like Rashford for, to a certain degree, but more so Fernandez in the first half, it was like United decided to start the game without a midfield. Like West Ham were just running through their midfield immediately and slipping balls through. I think I think it's a little bit unfair. Like because I like I was watching that first half pretty closely, 
And I thought Paul Pogba was still the best player for Manchester United on the pitch, even though like they were getting decimated and all this. I thought Pogba was actually playing really well. So for him to get a goal like that goal that he did, which is a, you know a really nice goal, I thought it was uh, you know a nice nice thing for him considering how well he'd been playing up to that point. I know once Bruno came on, it kind of lightened the offensive load that he had to do, and it and it allowed United to play more on the counterattack, and you know, West Ham just didn't look nearly as threatening in that second half. But I think it's a little bit disingenuous to say there was no midfield in the first half, because I really did think that Pogba was playing well, and, and so, you know, I commented on it in that so first Pogba half. So Pogba was like, he was still, you know, from the defensive third, helping to get them to get United out and like try and get on the front foot, even though they couldn't create anything once they got down the other side of the field. But I'm talking about defensively with the way West Ham were just able to slip through balls with like zero pressure on their own midfield. Uh, th- that whole time, it could have been like three or four nil if they had a little bit of better finishing. And we, we all saw it coming when they were only up one. If Antonio started. Yeah. If Antonio started, I guarantee West Ham wins that game, like three or four nil. They just Hilaire. There was a couple. There was one chance in the first half where Halaire fell over, breaks through the lines. He's he rounds the keeper. All he has to do is tap the ball into the back of the net, and he slips and falls over. So I was just kind of like, "All right, I mean, this is fucking United right now." Like I, I knew the penalty. Like it, I I knew there was probably going to be a penalty coming. It didn't happen, but they did the United blitz where they scored three goals in you know ten minutes, and the game was over. And you all the West Ham players put their heads down because they knew that they messed that game up. So. Look, you know, I, I got to give it to United. They are the comeback kings, especially away from home. Like they have now recovered, um, I believe, twelve points from losing positions this season, which four is straight, by four far the most in the Premier League. Games, uh, away from home, where they've been down and come back to win. And that's crazy. But you know, that's crazy again, to me. We, we, um, we can, if we'd recorded this podcast on you know Monday night or Tuesday before the. Uh, before the Leipzig game, then I, I probably would agree with you. But, you know, it seems like it finally kind of caught up to them in that RB Leipzig game in Europe where they go down 2-0 early. Did, but they almost came They, they almost, yeah, they came, almost back came back because Leipzig are like, a young team that, you know, as soon as they got the first goal. They should have. They should have come back. Like, they hit the woodwork. I, like, I they know. had probably United, three or four United, other chances in that second half. They were pretty bad for most of that game. And there was some awful defending on display, even from some of their best defensive players like Juan Bissaka on the first goal. It seems like the problems finally caught up to them against like an actually decent team, which makes you think you should be a little worried if you're a United fan for them hosting All right, City. But this if they weekend. win their game in hand, which I believe is against Yeah, yeah they'll Burnley, win the game in hand. They're going to be two but, They're going to be two points off the top. But they're not, do you think they're going to beat City this weekend? Like I mean they could 100% since Solskjaer has done so well I, against I them. I don't know. I mean, but, yeah, he's he, they've got a really good record against them. What I was going to say is you know that this summer they're going to go out and probably spend, you know, 60, 70, 80 million on some player that I don't know. I mean, I know that they didn't spend that much money this summer. They have the money to spend. It's there. If 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 Solskjaer gets them, you know, within that top four come come Christmas time, he's going to get a Christmas present. And whatever that present is, you know, whether it's like if it's just a really good defensive midfielder or, um, you know, Another maybe a, a, a right winger. <laughs> yeah. Or a center back. I, I, I kind of I kind of feel like United are, are for how badly they've been playing this season and for how much we've criticized them. You know, they've got a chance against this City team, although City seem to be ramping up that's right what, now. You know, they, that's they, what I'm saying. Like, if they've been Leipzig banging in the have, goals, they're Leipzig have been playing well. So we saw them having a good performance coming, especially because they needed the win. They had to be the aggressor in that Champions League game. United have also been dreadful at home. And I don't think that they're going to be allowed fans, are there? I think 
United aren't one of the teams. I, I think that I think Manchester is one stadium. of the uh, tier two areas that is allowed fans. I think it's like certain certain areas in England are tier two, so they can have fans. Then others are tier three, so they cannot. So. Uh, we'll see. I mean, that, that, well, the, sh- maybe, the shit seems yeah, to change I mean, overnight. If this is their first, if this is if this is their first game with fans, then you know I could see it having a little bit of an effect. I mean, it seems like every team that had fans over the weekend got a little, you know, their team got a little bit of a boost. Fans are the life lifeblood of Premier League clubs, and without their fans, you know, these teams are nothing. So, having fans back in the stadium, I can see that having a little bit of an effect on the players, especially at a place like Old Trafford. So. You know, while I don't think United are favorites in this game, I think it's it's a lot closer than if this was a game played last season around this time. And I think just just based on the way that United have been playing, you know, their injury problems seem to to have kind of fixed themselves right now, and they seem to have almost a full team. And while they didn't play great against Leipzig midweek, you know, and they're dropping down to Europa League. I I really think that they're going to be focusing on the Premier League this season. I think that you know, top four is their goal again. Um, I don't think they're going to be title contenders unless they they go out and sign some crazy players over the you know they get some Koulibaly level center back and you know a defensive midfielder or something and and get rid of Pogba, then maybe they are title contenders. Who knows? Because right now it seems like everyone's taking points from each other, and this is the type of game that if you, if they win, yeah, they're in it for like you know they're going to be up there <laughs> come the end of the season, especially if they win a big game like this. You know, I think Ole is just going to get more faith in, from the board and, and more backing, and I don't know. I mean, obviously City are looking good right now. De Bruyne seems to be coming back on form. Aguero just scored in the Champions League today. You know, City City as well, their their injury problems are, you know, they're, they're out the window right now. They pretty much have their full squad again. So uh, you you got to think that a full City squad is going gonna, is gonna to show up, you know, because they haven't shown up so far in big games like this this season. You know, they beat Arsenal 1-0, which doesn't look that impressive right now considering other teams have been whooping us. And, you know, they had a... They lost to Tottenham 2-0. True Liverpool. And, yeah, they got, a, they got a draw with Liverpool, which is not a bad result at all. And you got to think that they want to show up in these big games right now, especially with all their players back. So, I don't know. I kind of, I'm kind of leaning toward a City win, but I, I kind of have faith in United, especially getting that little fan boost and the way that they've been coming back in games so far this season. So I'm going to say 2-2. I bet you, like, City go out to an early lead. You know, United make a couple of changes maybe, and then, you know, maybe we have a, a rush of goals in the second half. But I'm going to say 2-2 in this. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have a bit more faith in uh, Manchester City and say probably 2-1, but a close 2-1. But it's just the inconsistency of uh, United, not even from game to game, like you said, from half to half. It's hard to get a read on them, especially in these home games. Uh, I don't think they've, they have. I mean, they we, got their first win at home. City, I think like a week yeah, ago, yeah, the or West whatever. Brom yeah. game that was close, <laughs> way closer than it should have been. Uh, other than that, they've had obviously the six-one loss to Tottenham. They drew Chelsea nil-nil, but but I uh, lost to you guys one. I do think so having home fans, form has not yeah, been great. I do think having fans in the stadium is going to make a difference and is going to maybe give them a tiny bit of a push where. You might not usually see that home field advantage come out, and I think this might be maybe the first game where we where we see it. It seemed to give other teams boosts, and this might be the type of game where where something like that comes out or comes into play. Um, but moving on, I mean, your your Chelsea here got a three one win 
Um, actually, we can we can quickly go over the the other results of the weekend up to that point. Burnley got a one one draw with Everton, which is not a bad point. Calvert Lewin continued his scoring run, and he is now sitting on top of the goal scoring charts in the Premier League with eleven goals. Uh, Manchester City, who we just talked about, got a two 0 win over Fulham, which not that impressive, but then again, clean sheet, two goals and a win, you'll take it. And then, uh, like I said, Chelsea. Chelsea put put leads in their place. A team that I thought you to the sword. Yeah, I thought you guys were gonna put them to the you, sword. I thought you guys were gonna have trouble with them, and you did. You did for for the first half. But I, I yeah, was I was for a half. I was calling for the Olivier Giroud start, and he proved me right. Um, you know, after his four goal performance in the midweek in Champions League, goes and gets the equalizer for Chelsea. You know, had some great hold up play. I, listen, even the guy was even fucking pressing the the lead center backs and, and the goalie and stuff. I, I was about to. He was, was working say, hard as shit. So I, I, Olivier wants to keep that starting spot. He he's you're in trouble, Tammy. Yeah, you're does. in trouble, Tammy, because you know. I, I see. Here's the thing. I don't think Giroud playing well is a bad thing uh, for Tammy necessarily. I mean, in the short term and his success this season, yeah, sure, it's probably a bad thing, especially with Werner still being an option. I mean, as the it, I mean, it striker. can only be good for Chelsea but, because it's a good headache to but, have. But here's the thing: Olivier Giroud is not playing for Chelsea past this season. Yeah, he might get another one-year extension, but it's just as likely that he might go sign somewhere else for like a two-year deal or something. He's literally staying with Chelsea because we have Champions League. Uh, we relied on him in an important part of the season last season, and he pulled through for us. Uh, and he just wants to stay at a high level so that he can get back into the or stay in the France squad for the uh, the Euros next summer. And, you know, he has every right to do that. And I'm, I'm sure Frank is going to ride this wave for as long as he can. But he's 35 or 36 years old. Like he's 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 not like you can't play him every single game. It's going to be a Thiago Silva situation where you kind of have to manage him and put him in at the right time right. against the right. O- Olivier just turned 34. I had to I had to. I had to bring you back on that one. Oh yeah, okay. I was He's about not to say, that I, old, I got man. Mixed Come up on, with Thiago Come on. Silva. Like, yeah, but thirty-four and like his style of play and in the past, how I mean, he's I feel kind like he hasn't. Movement. I feel like he just hasn't changed his game since he was, you know, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. Like he hasn't really lost that much pace. Like I said, he was pressing like a madman in this game. I'd never seen Drude work so hard. He obviously wants to keep his place. Um, Bamford did get his. Revenge goal against Chelsea, oh, but it wasn't that enough. That was the easy. That was the easiest money, and I felt super confident about picking that last week. And uh, shout out to Andrew for actually Let's, pulling the trigger on that. He had the Chelsea. I think it was uh, the over three and a half goals was uh, plus two fifty, and Bamford to score at any time. I can't remember the exact odds, but you, there was there was plus odds yeah, on that. That was a good call from and, Andrew. Uh, both came through. No, that was that was me who oh, made, the you made the call. Andrew, Andrew took, took Andrew yes. took my okay. advice and he he pulled the trigger on it, which deserves its own credit because you know you don't take all you don't usually take everything I say uh, and and bet on it. But you know I was very confident about that ah, one. Pulling this trigger—that's something you're good at, right? That, yes, <laughs> yes, many 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 moons ago, that was a, a tried and true move of mine. Uh, um, <laughs> no, but I, I, okay, I don't want the Chelsea talk to be just about Olivier well, Giroud. No, no, I was I was gonna I was gonna move on. I was gonna say Zuma chipping in with goals this season. I think that's his either his third or his fourth goal. Like fourth. is that his, he's the fourth second top the scorer season. for Chelsea, I think, right now, which is kind of crazy. Uh, Zuma's Zuma, uh, he's been a threat on set pieces the last couple of years, and it seems like he was always missing these chances in the last couple of seasons. Like he'd yeah. get a couple of goals, but that was it. 
they're going in right now. I don't know if it's the deliveries are getting better. Um, if I can tell you right now, it's 100% the deliveries that are getting okay. better. It's Mason Mount, Hakim Ziyech, Ben Chilwell can take it's a no set longer piece. William uh, on corners. Reese James can yeah exactly that was exactly where I was going that we, for years we have watched Willian trot out to take corner kicks and just been like well I guess we're not scoring on this corner because he hardly ever cleared the first man and then uh, but, uh, and then the, yeah, the you know no the more. American hero Christian Pulisic making his comeback getting a goal get securing the three points for Chelsea but we'd also we'd also be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, Timo oh, I, Werner's I was getting there Alex I, I, I was getting there I was expecting I was expecting Timo to come through with uh, a breakout game since this mini slump he's been having uh, since the uh, the Germany loss to Spain, I think it was. Was it like 6-0? E- ever since that game, he's just seemed kind of off it in terms of his finishing. But what I cannot fault the guy for is his work rate and just his overall work rate for the team. Let's talk about, let's talk about he, the worst miss still I've ever seen, Yes, yeah, we ha- okay. It was the worst miss of his career. He will never top that. In if terms you haven't of seen it, guys, misses. Olivier Giroud in the first it's half a, had a had a right. nice header off a corner. It was probably going in. It looked like it was going in, and then on the on the one yard line, I started celebrating. A yard, my dad said he started celebrating too. It was a yard from was, the goal. I was with James and I just got up and started going. Yeah, it was a yard like, from then, the goal, and Timo Werner kicks the ball up into the crossbar and then boots it out of play. I think so he got I think he got two swings at it, didn't well, he? Well, no, the 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 first touch was the, it was going in and he put his foot up just to guide it in, but instead of like guiding the ball in on the fucking goal line, it was like he controlled it to stop it and do like a goal line clearance and then it like sort of hovered for a bit and when he went to strike it again, then it smashed off the crossbar. So yes, he got two shots Timo, at it. He missed yes, both. Yes, Timo needs to thank Olivier and Zuma for saving his ass because if you guys didn't win this game, no, he doesn't need all to thank the players them were going to come eat his the, ass. Javier, in the 93rd minute after running his ass off the entire game, the whole Chelsea team, were, it was the first time a team in the Premier League has uh, outran in terms of uh, kilometers covered uh, a Leeds United team, uh, which has been known for their work rate and how they've gotten up the field and pressured teams into making mistakes. Uh, Chelsea outworked them, and Timo Werner was a big contributor to that. And in the 93rd minute, he absolutely hauls ass down the right wing to get on the end of that Kovacic ball in behind and play a perfect square ball to Pulisic to wrap it up. So he's not scoring goals at the moment. We know he will start again because he's he had I think he had eight goals in all competitions before this little uh, dry patch started. But he had that great run against Newcastle to set up the two nil uh, goal for Tammy. He's Abraham. not playing terribly. Basically, created he's that just by not himself. finishing he, right. right now. He's 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 just he's not playing well, but he's making up for that by working hard in all the other areas that he can, and that. That's just the mindset that you want from uh, from a big signing. Like they, he's experienced enough at this point to know that he's that, you know he'll get back on form and start banging them in soon. Do you think you guys are gonna uh, are gonna outwork Everton this weekend? You guys are the Saturday three o'clock game. You're playing away at Everton, a team that started off the season with five wins and has really fallen off the pace um, of late. Getting a draw against Burnley, you know, a team that only had five points up to that point, and they've been struggling to get wins. They haven't been keeping clean sheets. James Rodriguez has been dreadful the last four or five weeks since that, you know, ball or groin injury. I don't know what it is, but ball. Injury. Yeah, apparently, you know, his testicle in that Van Dyke challenge, something happened. I don't know. 
But are you guys going to beat them this weekend? I I kind of feel like you are. I kind of feel like this Chelsea side have turned turned a corner. And what do you mean you kind of feel like we are? Like yeah, I mean I think Dominic have you seen our form recently. Yeah, Dominic Calvert Lewin's going to score, but it's probably going to be like three one Chelsea. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean no two one Chelsea. Here, here's the thing. Carlo Carlo the, knows his old club well, and he'll he'll formulate some he knows sort them of so well that we beat them four 0 last season. That's true, but uh, that wasn't <laughs> With Billy that Gilmore wasn't Carlo's team. This is Carlo's team. He got his signings ah, in. Right. The last team was still remnants of like I don't even know who's fuck like Silva's team, but you know I Marco Silva. Yeah, Marco Silva. Shout out to him. I don't know what the hell he's doing now, but I I have faith in this Chelsea side. Um, I had faith with you guys against against you know in the last few weeks. I feel like this Chelsea side's turned a corner. You know, you guys are nominating yourselves title contenders. This is the the another type of game that in the past, if Chelsea were not going to be title contenders and just top four contenders. You guys would like lose or draw this game. So, you know, this is this is a big game for Chelsea right now. Yeah, this is the this is the start of the Christmas period. It's officially December. Uh, the Champions League is done. You guys got like a month to yeah, just Champions focus on the Premier the, League. The seemingly the seemingly easy games like uh, Sheffield and Burnley and uh, this Leeds home game. Uh, are, are are over with and in December Chelsea's schedule gets much uh, tougher with the Everton away game Wolves away uh, West Ham at home and then Arsenal away uh, and then Manchester City soon after so yeah and then Villa Man where, City you know the, the, Leicester, the team is t- kind of settled oof, yeah this is a, this the, is a run the, the for you starting, guys right the now. starting 11 is kind of settled now and we can make a few changes here and there to to rotate the team if we really need to but we, we know basically our best 11 and uh, now it's time for that 11 to, you know, take that next step and start beating these teams in the top half of the table. And Everton may not be in great form, but uh, especially at home, they, they have the potential to uh, at least start turning their form around against a, a big team like Chelsea. So it's going to be an interesting one to uh, to see, like, just to what extent uh, both these teams show up like i i think us on the counterattack is far more devastating than uh everton richarlison specifically has been playing like absolute dog shit these last couple of weeks even if he does pop up with a goal pretty much pretty much the entire everton team other than calvert lewin like calvert lewin's just been saving their fucking hides right now so yeah it, it's it's not looking good for everton you know obviously we were a little bit hype on them on this pod at least i was so was andrew to start the season but they've really fallen back into you know, I'm sure they're going to be like a mid-table to maybe pushing for Europa League spots come the end of the season. But there's a lot of really good teams that are you know going to be fighting for that fifth, sixth, and seventh spot. So I, I can see them hovering around there. They're obviously not going to be in it for top four, but this is the type of game that they're need they're going to need to win to get their season back on track. But I'm going to have faith in Chelsea. I'm, I'm going to go two one Chelsea. Three one, right? I'm going to go ah, two one. Come Chelsea. on, give us the three. I'm going to go give two one. It's away from home. Everton. I, I don't know if they're going to have fans. Uh, yeah, Liverpool is uh, tier two, so yes. Yeah, so Everton are going to have fans. Maybe they'll get a little boost from that. Evertonians are a little crazy. Hey, it's it's it's, a, it's an the, underrated. The Liverpool were allowed fans at Anfield. Yeah, it's so an, Everton should be allowed. Fans. It's an underrated thing to have fans back in the stadium, especially because it's been so many months. You know, Liverpool went out and trotted out four nil winners and destroyed Wolves with their fans. Almost every team that had fans this last weekend, it, it affected them in their game, and you could see that the that the players got a boost. Um, so yeah, Chelsea was one of those uh, was one of those yeah, teams absolutely. that got a boost from the fans. Absolutely, at home. Uh, a team that did not get a boost from fans was West Brom this weekend, who um, lost five one to Crystal Palace. 
braces from Benteke and look at you doing everything to avoid Arsenal top. I'm getting there, Alex. Like, I'm getting there, Alex. <laughs> braces from Zaha yeah, and have, Benteke. When we have two minutes left. You'll be like, all right, and just quickly, Arsenal. Yeah, 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 yeah. just very but, quickly. No, no. Uh, but I just wanted to mention Palace scoring okay. five goals. It's impressive. Yeah, it, it leads in well to Palace playing against Tottenham this weekend, Sunday at nine fifteen. Yeah. That that actually might be a good enough game to wake up right. for. Uh, Zaha announced his return from uh, two games from out from COVID. Yeah, and uh, with with really, COVID, really played to, played a fantastic game. I think he had two goals and an assist, yeah. but I, I think the red card in that had a, had a big effect on it because West Brom were very much in the game. West, for West the Brom first, were going down, man. Like hour. So are so are yeah. They might so be. are Sheffield. It, it's not looking good so far, but I think they're starting to figure it Sheffield out. Sheffield were gonna have a very valuable point um, on Sunday against Leicester, but conceded a last minute, I believe it was a penalty or was it a, no, it was a counterattack, counter but yeah, it just, everything's been going Jamie wrong Vardy for Sheffield. Went and kicked the shit out of the fan after, not the fan, Jesus, the, uh, the flag in the corner after scoring the winner. Sheffield's still sitting um, on one point to, to start this season. They are six points from safety right now in a, What's looking to be the, the, the four or five teams that are going to be in that relegation scrap, Brighton, Fulham, Burnley, West Brom, and Sheffield. But it's going to take a miracle for the Sheffield team and to get Leeds. out of there. No, Leeds is not, Alex. You shut the fuck up. And, um, and Leeds. And if Leeds are in there, then uh, Arsenal are in right, there because right, uh, they're above you. Um, <laughs> maybe that's a good segue. We just mentioned Tottenham. Our, uh, Tottenham beat Arsenal this weekend 2-0. Like I said in the intro, goals from Son and Qu- Harry wait. Kane. Qu- quick aside, quick aside. When it's a Wednesday and you say this weekend, if a random person says this weekend, uh, last weekend, Alex. do you think of last? Do you weekend. think of last weekend yes. or the weekend upcoming? I'm legitimately like interested because no, I was just. I mean, it's right smack dab. It's hump day, right. Danny. Like, it's no, you're right. Right you're in right. the middle of the week. This like, last weekend. What do you mean? All right, is that better, Alex? <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm not even trying to say it as like a hey, Javier, stop saying this weekend. I'm literally just like. Hey, it, like if that if that's something that people would understand to mean last weekend, then yeah, okay, I'm I'm with it. But because it, it's right smack dab in the middle of the week. But the the which game are you talking about? The Arsenal Tottenham game? Yeah, no. So you're moving on to that. Yes, one? I was moving on to that one. Finally, you piece of shit. All right, Harry Kane, <laughs> mo- you know, scoring his 11th goal in the North London derby. Very sad to say, he is now the top goal scorer in of all time in that fixture in the Premier League. Fuck Harry Kane, human son, that was a god goal. I still, you know, you're still my favorite player on Tottenham. I wasn't that offended that you scored that goal. That was a worldly of a goal. Here's the thing. You only have yourselves to blame. It, it, absolutely. I thought... We gave you the blueprint. I thought... We gave you listen, the blueprint I, last I didn't weekend. Think we, we played shut that down badly. Kane and Song. We didn't play that badly. They didn't badly. do anything to us. And you guys just went, screw Chelsea. We're not going to do what Chelsea did. We're going to hold possession and we're going to attack them. When literally, like, that, that's the one thing you can't do. You can't allow yourselves to get, like, just, like, smash and grab to by To be Mourinho. fair to like, us, there's to no be fair to us, that first point. goal was amazing and a worldie. And the second no, goal, no, okay. the second goal was, was but, oh, the only the reason they scored that goal was because Partey, you know, limped off injured and left a gaping, no, it's not the only gaping hole in our midfield. Okay. It, listen, and let, then they let, had... Let's, let's address the two goals. The first goal is a counterattack where... Uh, I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but it wasn't like it wasn't like you guys didn't have players back. Rob Holding just got caught in an, an overlap situation, and Hector Bellerin in, uh, tried to run out to cover the overlap instead of 
uh, going to Son, who he was closer okay. to. He was coming from, a, like from an inside a, position. Like a screamer and from 30 Bellerin, yards out. No, I know, but I'm, I'm just so sorry, I'm breaking but like, down the play. He, he would have done that I, against I'm anybody. Down the play. It's a miscommunication from those two defenders, but it's mainly on Hector Bellerin, who's going back to the right back spot when there's no time to do that. You have to adjust in the situation and realize holding has to follow the overlap. I have to go to the ball and force him out wide and force him to make that pass or at least dribble out wide. And they just allow him to cut in onto his, onto his right. I mean, it's, it's obviously a great goal. I'm not taking anything away from Hyun Ming Sun. It's just that when you allow a player of that quality to get onto his right foot and, and, and take a shot with that much time and space, that's a defensive fuck up because, you know, you go over that over and over again in the weeks leading up to the game that you can't allow this player to do this. And Son and Kane are those two players. Like you have to let everyone else in the Tottenham team beat you. Chelsea did that exceedingly well last week. I can't remember a Kane or Son chance of any real note in that game. And uh, we only got a nil-nil. I just thought you guys were really naive. Like just the, the way you the way you played it, just trying to be the aggressor and falling right into Mourinho's hands was yeah, just dumb. No, you it was. To, you, it have was to, you have to give Tottenham the opportunity to fuck up themselves. Like they're just waiting for you to make the first mistake, and you have to play that game right back with them. And Arteta just got outclassed. He did. Are, are you? I'm, are you leaning towards like? Him maybe going this season. I'm starting to see that a lot. Like when I do my uh, my weekly viewing of Arsenal fan TV to watch your guys. Uh, I don't. I don't know if, we, if you can freak the fuck out. I don't out. know if you can blame They're Arteta. Starting to talk about it. Yeah, because so far, you know, the the signings that he's brought into the team have vastly improved the team. So when you look at it from that mm-hmm. point of view, you know, Gabriel's has been our player of the season. Well, except for William. Uh, yeah, fuck William. But that was I don't I don't actually think that that was Arteta pushing for that. I think that was more like Adu and David Luiz and that whole like Brazilian connection, where you know now our director, our sporting director who's Adu, you know, is trying to bring in all these Brazilian players, and William was the first of that to come in. Um, so while I while I obviously hate William playing every week, and and the fact that he keeps playing makes me makes me doubt Arteta and his, uh, you know, what he has prepared for this team and. You know, it's 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 the the fact that he has signed Gabriel. He did sign Thomas Partey, both who have been our two best players so far this season. Um, it's very sad that Partey had to go off injured as soon as you know they went up two nil and Partey came off hurt right before halftime ended. You knew that was game over. You know, we we we, we yeah. pretty much won out in that second half with a whimper. Even even with him, I was thinking it was game over. He he was playing well and was probably the best player on the he pitch. He was. For he you, was our but... best player, and we wouldn't have conceded that second goal if he had been in his position because. In that second goal, you know, it was like five Tottenham players and like four Arsenal players because Partey wasn't wasn't back in that dangerous situation to to help plug that counterattack. But it was it was a three on two or a four on like two. A, yeah, they had it was like two extra men. Exactly, you. but the, that the, shouldn't have there happened. There were two passes. There were two passes on that second goal. The one because uh, it was a counterattack. I think it was Aurier re- like recovered the ball in his own box, dribbled out like ten or twenty yards. And then was closed down by two Arsenal players. And he had a pass that split about three Arsenal players trying to press high up. And that's the, what released uh, Son and Kane into that like four on right two Right before situation. that, though, and then, Arsenal had two very good chances at a goal. I think one Aubameyang and one Willian, both who have just been having absolute nightmares. Willian still has not gotten his first Arsenal goal. Um, Sky's multiple chances in this game was absolutely dreadful again just I'm so sick of Actually, watching I didn't him. think William I don't I didn't think William was your worst player he wasn't good but he uh, wasn't Aubameyang your, was also like god awful worst player. um just 
missed chances, had, you know, two or three of them. It's just the, the whole strategy seems a little bit disjointed for me where Arteta seems to be every week, you know, oh, we had 44 crosses this week. Last week we had 30 crosses. Like, it's, it's a joke right now where everyone's like, ah, oh, Arsenal's crossing the ball in. But, like, we're not getting that good chances. And why are you crossing the ball in to, like, Willian and Aubameyang and Lacazette? Like, these aren't tall players who... You know, if we had Olivier Giroud, sure, we'd probably be getting some goals with the, with all these crosses. But I know we have to score goals. That's what he, you know, he from his city days. It's it's like a numbers thing where if you get 40, 50 crosses in a game, you're you're gonna eventually start getting some goals, and I'm sure we will. But it seems like we're sacrificing our defensive part of our game, which was we were so solid in the first you know few five six games of the season. Now that's like gone, and it's we're not at scoring goals yet. So now we just we're not even good defensively. We're not good at scoring goals. And, you know, we play a Burnley side on Sunday who I, I think will win, but I think it's going to be like a scrappy. Do you? Yes. I think it's going to be like a scrappy fucking. So, it's at home. We're going to have our fans back. You know, our last home game we had in Europa League, you know, we put on a show. I think we won 4-0 four, four or 4-1. Four, and Okay, it was against Rapid Vienna. Sure, like. sure. But it's, it's, this is the type of game where we're going to have a lot of possession we're going to have to score some goals. Aubameyang loves a game That's against That's why Burnley. I'm worried for you. That's why I'm worried for you, because it's the exact same situation as Tottenham. <laughs> I mean, albeit against not as good of a team, but it's a Burnley team that's starting to no, like work Burnley its way is, back Burnley's into still struggling right contention. now, and we have to win this hey man, game. We're com- going to win this compared game. Compared to the, to the first few weeks of the season, Burnley are now in good form. You know, the draw with Everton, uh, they took the lead early in that one and they were able to just sit back and defend. I just want to bring up about Arsenal before we move on. It's been about a year since Arteta joined. I think it was late December of last year that he uh, that he was uh, hired. I was seeing on Sky Sports the other day that in terms of expected goals per game, Arsenal are second worst in the league, only to uh, Sheffield, who are have the lowest expected goals per game. I know a year isn't a super long uh, time span, and it's been a very, uh, very like hectic year at that. But that's a really worrying stat. That like, that shows you that like even when Arsenal were playing well, you guys weren't exactly like killing teams to get results. You needed to get. Uh, clean sheets or maybe like one allow one goal only to get anything from games so I, I think he's shown to this point that you guys can sit in a deep block and frustrate teams so when I'll say I'll say the one is required the one you, difference but, in this but year he hasn't shown yet that he on. can create let a team me, that has the balance me, to go forward let me defend Mikel for a second Alex stop teams well let me finish the point so you can defend it I don't think he's shown that he can ha- create the balance that will allow his teams to go forward uh, without conceding a ton. Like, it, it, you guys tried to go forward and attack Tottenham this weekend, and you still barely created anything. There were a couple of decent chances, but nothing, like, no, no kind of, like, sitter or anything like that. It was a half chances at best. So I think there's a real concern for when Arsenal play teams like like this Burnley team coming up. That Burnley could just frustrate you, sit deep on you, and on one set piece win 1-0. Like, that's on the cards. Uh, I would not doubt that we, happening. We, we have won, and I know you're going to laugh at this, but we've won our five Europa League games, and it's been all teams that have just sat back against us and tried to play on the counterattack. So we've had a little yeah, bit of they're practice. Not, they're not as good as Burnley. No, they're not. But but again, like we've had a little bit of practice against that this season, and I hope that we play You know, Reese Nelson on the wing. And what I was going to say is the difference in this year between Arsenal now and then Arsenal under Emery and under Wenger is that we've beaten every single top six side except for Tottenham, which I'm pissed about. But 
under Mikel, we've beaten Manchester City twice, Liverpool three times, beaten Chelsea, beaten United, you know, beaten Wolves, beaten Leicester. Yeah, but but these have all been with under very specific circumstances. You guys being the defensive team that is allowed to sit deep and counterattack with Aubameyang. But I do think now that's that Aubameyang a basis. is off the table, yeah. you guys can't score. It's true. You can't score. It's true. It's it's a it's a it's a bad problem that Arteta has right now, and you know, we if need Pepe to come back and kind of take some we responsibility. We, we, I think. we, we are going to need twenty five or twenty six years old. He's twenty five. Yeah. Like he's he's. Martinelli's yeah, not, back in training. Like a, That's going to be a you know boost if he can come Martinelli, back in a month, I feel like would, month or two. Will be a boost, but I feel like Nico Pepe. He's he's wronged you in in a big way by uh, by getting sent off in that fashion against Leeds and having to miss three games. He's going to miss this Burnley game and then he'll be back. He, he's he's a player that for the money you spent on him should be taking the responsibility and like boosting you guys up the table along with Aubameyang, who's obviously signed that new deal. With, with Aubameyang not looking like he's going to turn up anytime soon, you guys need to start telling Nico Pepe, like, you're not a kid anymore. You're a, a big-time La- player Lacazette that as we well. for you big know, money. He scored, he scored in up. the first three games of the season, and then he hasn't scored other than in Europa since then. So, yeah, there's a lot of players who are underperforming right now. Xhaka's been absolutely dreadful. There was a statistic that came out um, over this last week where he's had point. Zero zero point one three key passes per game, which for you know Danny Drinkwater that would be a, a shit stat. So I'm uh, you know I, I hate to see that Jaka keeps starting every game and William and there's going to have to be changes in this next month for Arsenal and hopefully we can make them and, and start with this win against Burnley. Um, but I don't want to talk too much more Arsenal. It's painful. So I'm going to move on now to this uh, Liverpool four nil win over Wolves. It, I, I was just impressed. I know that, that Wolves didn't have their, their talisman Jimenez, but this was, a, for me, another very impressive win, much like the Leicester win, where there haven't been many teams that handled Wolves like this. I know Villa, I think, beat them 3-0 or something like that, but there 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 hasn't been many teams. Oh, no, West Ham. West, uh, Ham, West Ham beat them 3-4-0. or four them nil. Four nil. And that is, that, you know, that is kind of like maybe they used that blueprint, but... It was impressive to me that a Liverpool side that had Curtis Jones and Nico Williams and no Thiago, no Van Dijk, you know, I don't think Firmino started. No Jota. Yeah, no Jota. It was, it, there was well, Firmino, Firmino started, start, but, but Klopp was saying yeah. that he didn't want to start Jota because of uh, his obviously playing for Wolves last season. And he thought like he would be in his own head too much and he just wanted him to sit there and watch the game, uh, kind of analyze it before coming on. And, you know, he didn't end up scoring, but... I, I thought that was a, a sneaky good decision by Klopp because, you know, you can always just rely on the Firmino, Mane, Salah the trio at the front to, you know, get on the end of early balls in behind and put pressure on players like Connor Cody to screw up. And Cody, the former can, Liverpool I, Academy I, player, I, secret agent Connor yeah, Cody, I wanna, uh, chested a ball down perfectly uh, was, for the assist ridiculous. to Salah for the first goal. Yeah. But I want to I want to give a <laughs> this shout is out. Why I am pro secret agents. Chelsea have utilized that strategy very well for years now. Liverpool uh, are starting to cop on a little. I want to give a shout out to Kelleher, who up till the point that why you know put in the two nil, it was still say his name. It was still a pretty close. Say game. Say his full name. Casey, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Kelleher, young Irish goalkeeper, he played phenomenally in this game. Um, he made a bunch of really big saves when it was nil-nil and one-nil. 
And it's not like Wolves played badly up to that point. It's just, you know, once they went down 2-0, they, they had to open themselves up even more and, and, and Liverpool were able to get, you know, a sneaky Matip goal and then, you know, Semedo own goal. So I think the result flattered Liverpool a little bit more than, than what the game actually was. But this is, you know, this is, I think this is still a scary Liverpool side. I think, you know, in a few weeks here, they're going to get Allison back. I know Van Dyke's out for the season, but I, I just see this Liverpool side. They're going to be there till the end of the season. They're going to be up amongst it. Um, you know, they won their Champions League group pretty easily. And uh, who would you say is realistically, uh, you could realistically say, uh, has at least a shot to contend for the title this so year? So I, I mean, Liverpool I kind of, I, I, I kind of feel like it's going to be. Liverpool, City. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying who it's going to be. I'm saying what, uh, like, what teams aren't teams that you would just scratch off and be like, oh, they're not winning the title. So, like, like I feel I like Newcastle. United aren't going like to win the title, but I, I, then again, no, no, they could. Th- again, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. But you can't scratch them you off can't, yet. You can't because you know. Okay, well, I think it, like I think Leicester aren't going to win it's the title. It's a short list, but it's it's United, City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham. Right. That's. Which that's the list. Which right usually now. right teams. now, right now in December, there aren't that many teams which are in contention. So this it's is usually be, down to like two, right. maybe three. So this by is going to be a, this. Is, I think it's going to be a fun Premier League season. And you know, uh, while I don't think that it's necessarily like Liverpool have started winning these games by a lot of goals. Like I said, like they've had a lot of injury problems. The fact that they're banging in goals right now, they're winning with you know Curtis Jones and and like I said, Nico Williams. They're youngsters. And they don't seem to be skipping a beat. I still think Liverpool are favorites for the title. I still think they're going to win the right. title the, this season. The only the only thing that's slowing them down is VAR. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's like the only thing. And you uh, know, we they'd be top of the table if they didn't you know have that that you know kind of crazy draw at Brighton last week. So this Liverpool side, they they keep rolling on first in their Champions League group. I like get, I said, I want to get a quick word about uh, Wolves and because well, yeah, I was going to say there's a, to, there's a really good I'm game. I'm not trying to take anything away from Liverpool, but Wolves were kind of forced to switch to this 4-3-3 against Arsenal last week. And it, it ended up working out really well. Uh, they've obviously been playing 3-4-3 for the past uh, however many years since they, were, they were, since they were in the championship, they were playing it. It was pretty much their their one formation and their one system, maybe switching to a 3-5-2 every now and, now and then, but they switch to this 4-3-3. It works well against Arsenal, and they decide again, let's go with it at Anfield with Podence, Neto, and Traore up top in the front three, and no real recognized center forward. And they still looked good, but they're another team now that it's... I think it's going to take a couple of weeks if they're committed to making this 4-3-3 work. I think they can, but there's going to be some teething problems where, especially t- against teams as good as... Liverpool, and then I think in a week or two they play us. If they play that four three three against us, my mouth is going to be watering because uh, they're still a very open side, and they concede a lot of uh, counterattacking chances when they don't have that extra defender back there to sort of uh, help with the width of the defense. So, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how they uh, uh, how, how they continue to play well, that, they, or whether they switch they, back. They have you know? they have a home game against Villa this weekend, so I'm sure we'll see some goals in that one. That's at Saturday at seven thirty. And Liverpool play away at West Ham um, on Sunday at eleven thirty. No, they're away. They're away at Fulham. Uh, away at Fulham. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, that should be that should be a fun game. Uh, I'm sure that Fulham will probably get a goal in that, but Liverpool will get like probably three, four, or five. So um, you know that that's going to be a fun one to watch as well. Which uh, brings us to we can talk about this Monday fixture. Southampton got uh, a two-one win against Brighton. 
Ings is back, scored a penalty, and Brighton got another win. They're rounding out the top six right now. Um, do you think the Southampton side are going to push for Europa this season? I mean, do you think they're going to no, be here? Brighton, Brighton lost, man. <laughs> you said Brighton got another win. Oh, I, I no, meant South. Uh, no, I, said, I didn't say yeah, Southampton, Southampton got, another. got another win. Ings is back. He got a penalty. And what I was at saying is, you know, Southampton are rounding the top six. Are they, you know, are they going to be around that, you know, six, seven, eight spot near the end of the season? Because I looked at their bench this last weekend and they look like a pretty deep side. Like they've got a lot of def- defenders, wingers, you know, Ings Ings looked good. Che Adams has finally come good. This this team's rolling right now. You know, they're they're not conceding very many goals. They're scoring a lot of goals. They're they're pressing well. I'm, I'm since, kind of since, upset that I haven't taken more ownership of this Southampton yeah, team. Yeah, since they're like 9-0 like loss, they've been brilliant. It wasn't that long ago, like the beginning of last season. I remember we were still talking about them in the preview, the beginning of the previous season, the 1920 season. And people were still saying, uh, is there any danger of relegation for the Southampton side? Like, And that was like a real thing uh, up until the 9-0 that you, that you just referenced and them turning it around around that point. Uh, I think the the nine nil basically uh, proved to the players, weirdly enough, that like they have to be all in with Hassenhudel or something like that is going to happen. Like it was kind of weird that Hassenhudel didn't get more blame for it, and instead it made his players be like, "Okay, yeah, we're terrible. <laughs> we just got destroyed at home for the entire country to see. All right, let's just like commit fully to whatever the manager wants us to do and never let that happen again." And they've been. Dare, they've been great ever since then. They've been the legitimate top half of the Premier they, they've League been, team. They've been on form. They've been the third best team in the league since that nine nil. You know, since that point, they've, they've, you know, since the turn of the calendar year, they've been the third best team consistently throughout this year. You know, gotten some big wins, big results, been hard to beat in every game, and we haven't really seen them get blown out at all. So I don't know. This Southampton side, I think, are for real. I think they've bought into House and Huddle, like you said, and and they're going to be pl- up against a, a Sheffield United side on Sunday at seven a.m., which I think they're gonna, they're going to they're going to beat pretty easily, and they're going to continue pushing into that top six. And and you know I think every time every time someone plays them this year, you know Chelsea had that three three draw, which you've mentioned a few times on the pod. That was probably a pretty good result. I know that they're going to... Yeah, it looks good now, they're gonna, especially considering Kepa was in yeah, goal. Yeah, they're going to beat top six sides this season, and I think they're going to be around that, you know, six, seven, eight, near, come the end of the season. A um, couple more games we just want to mention, previews for this weekend. Um, I think I said on the at the beginning of the pod, Leeds-West Ham, Friday, 3 p.m. That should be a really fun one. West Ham are another side that have been fantastic, um, you know, under David Moyes so far this season. They've... I know that they lost against that Manchester United side, but that first half they played absolutely brilliantly and, and could have scored three or four goals. And, you know, with, with Mikel Antonio coming back in the side, you got to think that if he's if he's playing against Leeds, this could be like a 3-3, something crazy, or like a, you know, even like a 3-2 West Ham win. So, is he definitely coming back? I don't know if he's coming back. I, but I, was seeing, I was seeing stuff like he's definitely coming back for the United game. And I even got him in fantasy for that reason, and then he just didn't play. So... Yeah, with Antonio, I think that they don't necessarily need him to get a result, but he is uh, more of a workhorse up front than Haller is. Well, he'll probably be a little bit risky. The the most important thing you need to play against this Leeds team is work rate from every single position, which I think West Ham have. Uh, They can sit back against Leeds and try and hit them on the counter, and I think they'll be able to do it pretty efficiently with... uh, 
uh, w- w- and then okay, even it, on the it, uh, on set pieces, they have Ogbana, they have uh, Sukshek, who's a great uh, set piece weapon. They they can, af- and that's something Leeds. Uh, I saw Chelsea specifically target Leeds uh, on set pieces and on corners and have a lot of success with it. So they, they've got a couple of ways that they can uh, make. Uh, okay, less, it looks like Leeds Antonio United, won't uh, be in this game. Um, apparently, he picked up a, a, f- a fresh it. injury. Um, Ugh, where I have to get rid apparently of him it's then. it's not that bad, but um, they say that he can only run right now at seventy five percent. So, you know, they really want him to be a hundred percent. So it looks like probably Haller is going to be leading the line against um, against Leeds. So. I'm going to say two one West Ham. Okay, I'm going to say two two. I'm going to say two two. I think. And by that's the way, be a fun Leeds one. are still. Leads are still getting relegated. No, they're not, Alex. You need to stop with that take. <laughs> um, and then I think we have one game which we mentioned earlier. We have we maybe need some score predictions. Palace Tottenham Sunday nine fifteen. I, I mean, I'm not waking up for this. Fuck Tottenham, but no, we already talked about it. Like, uh, t- and, uh, I, what's going to be the score, Alex? I'm probably going to wake up. What's, what's going to be the score? I'm probably going to wake up for it. I know we we mentioned. I'm going to say two two. I'm going to say two two. I'm I'm, I'm going to say three one Tottenham. I think that Kane and Son are unstoppable right now and. Hey man, in a game of hot potato of uh, we don't want the ball, you take it and you uh, you attack us. Roy Hodgson wins that battle over Jose Mourinho right, every time. Let's see it. His team's going to sit deeper and they're going to wait Jose's for Tottenham been, to make the Jose's mistake. been talking mad shit this last week, being like, and they they say that I was past my prime. Palace should have fans back. Yeah, they should. Maybe Palace that'll be a boost. Maybe that'll sellers. be a boost. Uh, Benteke's yeah. back. He scored brace. You know, who knows? Is this the return of Christian Benteke? You know, is he going to be? Is he, he going to be scoring goals? You know, I don't know. Like you said, the red card probably affected that. So we'll we'll see. I think it's going to be a fun one as well. Um, but I don't know if I want to watch that. That's you know, it's it's going to be. It might also be dreary and like a one nil Tottenham win where they just shut yeah. shit down. And but I think Tottenham are going to win. So. Yeah, we got a fun fun slate of games this weekend. I think Saturday's the 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 really good ones and you know, if you want to wake up wake up at 7:30 to watch the Wolves Villa game, but then go back to sleep for Newcastle West Brom and then you can wake up for the for the Manchester Derby at noon. So, you know, there's there's you, you can maneuver around your sleep schedule to to get those these good games in there. But uh yeah, I think we covered everything. Uh, oh, one last game I guess to mention is For all of you people who can go back to bed at 10 a.m. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> on a Saturday. Right. Uh, you, we've got a Leicester-Brighton game, uh, same time as that Arsenal-Burnley game. I'm sure there'll be some goals in that one. Um, Leicester have been sort of coming back in form of late. So yeah, I, kinda... I mean, if you're not interested in watching a relegation six-pointer, you can turn on All Leicester. Right, Alex, Brighton we said we instead. weren't going to make yeah. that joke. We're not in the relegation. No, fight. no, I made no such promise. You uh, said don't make that joke, and I said I have to make you that joke, f- and uh, right. <laughs> I fit it in there right at the uh, end. Of the let's, I shouldn't let's close have... this bitch. Yeah. Out. <laughs> All right, Alex. I shouldn't have brought that back up. You know, follow us on social media <laughs> at asmoss92 at Andrew Persaro and at Javier Rev Nine. You know, thanks for listening. And at at Ghost Skull Pod. And you at Ghost Skull Pod. I forgot the at Ghost Skull Pod. All right. But the thanks for listening. Um, I hope you, you enjoyed my hosting. Yeah, no. It was my first time. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I don't know if I'll do it again, but. You're, you're, you know, you're playing it you, very cool, Javier. <laughs> If if we if we liked it, let us know, you know, on on Twitter and on Instagram if we did a good job on this. If not, you know, we'll we'll keep on the and Alex you know and Andrew train. And and especially if you didn't like it, please let us know. <laughs> I was a pretty right, good guys. host. All right. Until next time. Bye.